We have to go back! everybody and welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and it is sequel larry the time of the year where during the month of february the sequel to january we like to review sequels to movies that we have reviewed here on the podcast and with uh what, what's what's the movie called where call the, of the wild where, call, call of the wild things of the are wild is uh hitting theaters and we decided to review the sequel to homeward bound an incredible journey the sequel homeward bound to colon lost in san francisco the second best michael j fox sequel really honestly mm-hmm. it's only the second best it's really yeah so this movie unlike its predecessor is not based on the book incredible journey this is just a completely original idea based on the screenplay for it the movie (laughs) yes uh so most of the cast uh returns to reprise their roles michael j fox and sally field uh as chance and sassy respectively uh ralph Waite replaces don amici as shadow after um don amici's death in 93 a few months after the original movie release but the whole premise of the movie is you know your favorite trio of talking animals are back they are about to go to canada for another amazing journey oh canada (laughs) Except the pets accidentally, accidentally, except the pets accidentally get separated from their vacationing owners at the airport because, you know, TSA, uh, Chance, Shadow, and Sassy navigate the mean streets of San Francisco trying to find their home across the Golden Gate Bridge. On their journey home, they befriend a pack of strays uh, led by some of my favorite voices from the 90s, Sinbad, uh, Tisha Campbell, and the rest. And uh, complicating their quest are a duo of mean dogs and a couple of dog nappers in their blood red van who are looking for strays to sell for animal testing. I saw someone did a breakdown based on the conversation they had of how much money they would get. Yeah. And they estimated each dog was about $15. Yeah, that's that's not a lot of. No, the stakes have never been more <laughs> mediocre and at the same time extremely dire. Yeah. So basically the blood red van, like the basically the Jasper and Horse um actually I should save that for headcanon. Anyway, uh the the two dog nappers are just like picking up stray dogs and like giving them the animal testers. And, uh, like, they're the main, quote-unquote, villain of the movie that every all the dogs are trying to avoid. And, I mean, they're not really good at their job. No, they're pretty bad. At first, I thought they were city dog catchers. Right. And when they were stealing that dog, I was like, what? what? You, you don't get paid per dog as a dog catcher, do you? Why are you taking that dog? And they're like, oh, these are real bad guys. Yeah. And yeah, you you blamed TSA for for this, but this is the one and only time I'm gonna stick up for them, um, <laughs> because really it was Chance that just brutally threw himself against the inside of that crate, and then it got run over. And this is where baggage handling loses me. <laughs> the guy ran it over with a truck and um, didn't stop. Yeah, he was just like, "Yep, that's normal." Yeah. So uh, this movie actually hits on a very uh, 
prominent trope with several sequels, especially um, 90s and prior. Uh, I, I will link this mostly to a franchise that I thought that this was their shark jumping moment. But it was the Friday the 13th movie, Jason Goes to New York, which... Mm. Start spreading the news. <laughs> it's I'm killing today. I've got some kids to slay today. New York, New York. So basically, it's like, hey, what what can we do for the sequels? Like, I don't know. Take him, take him to New York. Um, Man, why didn't they send <laughs> Freddy Krueger to New York? It's the city that never sleeps. Oh man, you're right. They should have gotten that. If this, if this sparks, if they do another Nightmare on Elm Street in New York, uh, I expect us to lawyer up, Grayson, because mm, I think mm. that that's a brilliant idea. Uh, but basically, it's the whole the whole premise is like I don't know, put them in a city because. Uh, it's just the fish out of water scenario. And so I think they did this with Babe, uh, Pig in the Big City. Um, according to IMDb, the film is inspired by Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Um, I believe that. Which, I mean, you know, I yeah. could believe as well. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as stakes go, I don't think it's quite as dire as the wilderness. Like, the actual, like, nature wilderness um, but I mean, it went on to do pretty well for itself, though, though the budget is not clearly stated online. Um, it went over, on to gross over 32 million at the box office. And I think it was a pretty successful run for a movie made up entirely of animals. Um, yeah, and it got nominated for a couple kids choice awards for, for favorite animal performer. Who so. was, who, who else was up <laughs> Up at bat, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how competitive that that category was that year. Um, but yeah, it was them and Animal from the Muppets. Right. <laughs> um, uh, to your point about it not feeling as dangerous. Yeah, it's a different kind of danger. Um, like having the guys in the truck trying to kidnap them, the right. fire, uh, and I think. They really felt that pressure because there's that one scene where they're talking to the police officer, um, and they they Robert Hayes is is discussing like the three animals in the city, like what are our chances? And he's like one in ten. He's and he like lists all the things that could go wrong. Yeah. And I think they felt the audience would feel the same way of like, well, it's not like they're finding bobcats or anything. Right? It's like, no, they could get you know, hit by any number of vehicles. And so it's a different kind of danger. Right. Yeah, yeah. D- definitely different because there were still stakes. Uh, we still wanted them to make their way homeward. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that I really did appreciate is how the different uh, perspective between the street dogs and the strays and the pets, like pet yeah. was apparently a derogatory term the way some kind of pet she's like and they're like i'm sorry i called you a pet i mean i know you are but like ah, it's the way i said it that like, just, yeah it's it's kind of our word um, yeah like just <laughs> well it's not cool it's not what you said it's like you know how in middle school someone would be like you're tall just like wait what oh i mean mm. maybe i am but i just don't like that you said it that way yeah, you're not wrong, but you're also wrong in the yeah. way you said it. Don't in, don't emphasize the consonants like that. Right, right. Yeah. 
Uh, but I, overall, I as far as sequels go, it reminded me of another sequel, Grayson. And normally I would say this for headcanon, but I just I just think this is what happened. It reminded me so much of Toy Story 2. Too much so that I think Toy Story 2 is just Homeward Bound 2. Oh, wow. Allow me to lay the parallels. One of the main characters gets lost between um, themselves and their owner. Um, they meet another group of people who are very similar to them. In fact, are finding a more appropriate home for them. Um, like Woody and the Roundup Gang. Um, also has a parallel, very sad, I was abandoned by the one who I loved on the mm -hmm. side of the road montage. Um, and that's why I don't trust people kind of thing. Um, also airport scene. <laughs> um, and the group uh, of friends trying to go and find their once lost friend um, and, and bring them back home. Mm. So they they follow too many similar plot lines to not, you know, see those lines be crossed. Well, they love to hide under trucks. So I'll give you <laughs> right? that. You're yeah. at, oh, man, that is it. That is and it. the presence of a very obviously branded pizza company. Yes. Yeah. Sasso's Pizza. Which, yeah. Will Sasso. Uh, Will Sasso. It's like, from, they say, what's your last name? All right, we're making that at the pizza place. That, yeah. you, you get to take this prop home. Uh, but yeah, so I, I was like, this. Th there are too many similarities to Toy Story 2. Uh, so I, I, I really think that that's, they borrowed that. And also the toys uh, go out into the city instead of it just being like a kind of suburban area. Um they do venture further out and they also interact with other toys that aren't just like home toys. They interact with city toys. Right. Yeah. Kind of, uh, they've seen stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is like, seems to be a common theme in the toy story movies that Andy's toys have a pretty good life <laughs> compared to everyone else. They got it pretty, Pretty good up there, good. sitting up there in your second story tower. Yeah, I thought that I had seen this movie. Oh, me too. But I remembered almost nothing about it. Me So it's possible too. that I didn't. Um, so it was really fun to watch it again, and I just did not realize. I knew that Don Amici had to be recast because um, he had passed away, and I knew that the other main two, Michael J. Fox and Sally Field, had come back. But I didn't know how much the cast has expanded, uh, you know, like Sinbad, which I read originally Lawrence Fishburne was supposed to be the Riley character. Yeah. I feel like that happens to us a lot, where we said, <laughs> where it says Lawrence Fishburne was going to be in this, but yep. said, I want to do anything else. And, um, and I love the character of Riley, too, because he's very empathetic, um, you mentioned the left on the side of the road backstory, but he also has the best joke of the movie, which is, as James Brown would say, we're heading to the bridge. And I was like, the kids don't get that. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Um, Carla Gugino is also in this from, uh, we've seen her in The One, Jet Li's The One and Haunting of Hill House. And then uh, it was fun to, to hear Stephen Tolborowski from um, uh, Groundhog Day and... Memento. Yep. And Hero Season 2. <laughs> just yeah. everything. Yeah. And so him playing the um 
the dog that Delilah kind of rejects ultimately. Um, just so many personalities in this movie. And yeah, it, it is that time capsule of voice actors. Even Adam Goldberg, who um, yeah, a little more uh, obscure in this, he, he plays the bigger bad dog uh, mm-hmm. of, the, of the two. Um, he's got that signature kind of creepy high pitch laugh that he <laughs> unleashed in his guest star episodes of Friends. Uh, but it was just fun trying to identify everybody in this. Um, and so they did the sequel right of expanding the cast, uh, mm-hmm. getting more names for the second one um, in even more unfamiliar territory. Uh, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if they had made it all the way to Canada. Right. Before they got separated. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would have been very impressive. Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> no, and I also thought I saw this movie, but I realized I watched the trailer. The trailer played often enough for me to feel like I saw it. It's kind of like a never ending story three uh, mm. with Jack Black. I'm like, I know I've never seen this movie, but I feel like I have uh, just because the trailer, I can picture the trailer so vividly. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those, uh, trailer movies that played a lot in my childhood. Yeah. Never saw this movie. (laughs) Was there anything that you noticed, um, this time around, like actually watching it from beginning to end? Uh, yeah, I think just the dynamic between the animals, uh, when we watched Homeward Bound the first time. It was more of an acceptance story, it felt like. Like, Chance was fairly new, but now we're two years in uh, to their relationship. And I think you feel that, uh, that they they can't go back without Chance. Right. And uh, I, I just really appreciated where they placed this. And that Jamie's getting older, and he's his, it's not all about his dog now. Like, he has a life outside of that. And so I felt like they moved it. Uh, you know, further along in the story. And it would have been, I think, too much of the same note if they had just picked up right then. Also, it would have been difficult with the child actors. You would have had to try to recast to hit the right age and all that. So it felt like we were following the same family. And similarly, there were lines that would pop out where I'd be like, oh, yes, that was in the trailer. And other than that, I was just experiencing it for the first time. Um so yeah, I, I felt like the the setups were were really nice with throwing the uh, cigar and then ultimately causing you know the fire and they kept the danger going, um, and there were different layers of you know villainy basically like they take care of the blood red van but they still have like the two bad strays to get through on the way home and then you have the truck completely by accident and so um, yeah there was enough. Uh, that they were fighting against, just like in the first one, to where it really felt like it was stacked against them. Even though they, I think, have a shorter distance to travel in this one, they have um, more obstacles. And so, uh, and and the personal stakes felt higher uh, because it's the family, but then also their own family of the three of them. And so, having never seen it really before, I think, um, it was great just to continue on and see the next chapter in this incredible journey. Yeah. I mean, for me, I didn't realize how stacked those animal puns were. 
Like, oh yeah, I, it's like the <laughs> the writers' room was like literally no bad ideas. Bring them on, because <laughs> I was like, I gotta keep up. Like these these animal puns are just like back to back to back to back. I don't think kids could get, keep up with the wit that was happening between um you know the main three uh i was really main because main main animals mains uh but yeah i i was just really really impressed with that just the dialogue and also the heart because um i i think as a kid i'm just like oh yeah like dog like animals are animals like I, I don't think even as a kid i had the concept of like stray dogs i always just thought that they oh these are dogs who are just lost and will eventually find their way home but i never thought it was like oh, no there are animals who like live in the streets or in where abandoned warehouses or things like that uh so i just expanded my dog and animal worldview largely because of this movie and i feel better for it that's good weapons <laughs> learning <laughs> grayson uh mm. i hope you don't mind but i dug up a big hole in in the backyard because i had buried some head cannon head cannon <laughs> Headcan is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Um, really, my only piece of headcanon uh, is a piggyback off of my d- Toy Story discovery, and that is that oh, this okay. just takes place in the Toy Story universe, <laughs> um, and that this is just a live-action Pixar film. And because they were in San Francisco, I was just waiting for them to hit that full house set and then- <laughs> I thought at one part that they were on the park in yes. the opening of Full House. Yes. Where they all have, yeah, where they have the, the picnic. Yeah. As soon as that happened, I was just like, whatever happened to predictability? Uh, uh, I really just. A little, little Randy Newman vibe, too. <laughs> yeah. Randy Newman, man, I would have wanted him to be on the soundtrack. Strange. Oh, well, I mean, dogs are happening to the the city, San Francisco. So that, that's my biggest piece of headcanon, just like tying it to those um, two uh, IPs. Um, but other than that, it's um, I, I just like to think that um, this world of dogs, like I really like the dog and uh, they're like the dog sports announcers. I oh, thought yeah. that that was just so fantastic. Um, and that the uh, like that just happens, like different dogs have like different jobs that they believe that mm-hmm. they're doing. Uh, depending on like where they are, I, I think that that little detail just is like yes, like the dogs who are sitting and watching, they're like commentating. I'm like oh, that's so great. Uh, so yeah, it, not a ton here, just because you know it's the journey was so incredible um, that I, I have very little to add to it. Yeah, my head canon is that uh, there is something up with San Francisco <laughs> um, for some reason. The city of San Francisco causes animals to be able to communicate both with each other and with humans. Yeah. So I think that this connects to Dr. Doolittle, which we just watched. Yeah. That's in San Francisco. Uh, Ant-Man communicating with ants and such. And then Planet of the Apes, straight up Planet of the Apes. And I think there's probably an order that this would all play out because I feel like Ant-Man has to come first where they're just starting to crack that. And then Dr. Doolittle comes along and, and they're able to talk back and forth. 
and then you have uh, you know full on Planet of the Apes. So I think the Homeward Bound communication environment would probably happen between Ant Man and Doctor Doolittle, and similarly to the Pixar theory where. You're getting more and more sentient machines as you go through until the apocalypse, and then you start over with monsters and bugs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's what's happening, is you're seeing the evolution of uh, animals that will one day rise up and really just do a number on San Francisco (laughs) Um, until Eli comes back. Um, But... Uh, that, that, so that was that headcanon. I also just like the idea that this could somehow cross over with The Room when Tommy Wiseau says, oh, hello, doggy. I want one of the doggies to be one of the strays. That's all I want. Wow. Also, I just think Robert Hayes probably doesn't need to get on airplanes because bad things always happen when Stryker gets on the airplane. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, you made me realize that I would love to see... Um, I'm sure this is just called a Hollywood studio tour or Hollywood movie tour, but I would love if someone just had a map of San Francisco and just had a little pin for each movie that was made in every area. But I'm sure there are tours that just do exactly that. It's like on your left, you'll see the set of Homeward Bound 2. Lost in San Francisco. This is the San Francisco that they were lost in. That's right. $50, no refunds. I also want someone to just put together a trailer for Planet of the Apes that uses a really gritty uh, Johnny Cash type cover of the Full House theme song. (laughs) Whatever happened to the way things used to be? Well, you messed with a bunch of animals and they overthrew you. Yeah. You had it. And you blew it up. <laughs> oh, I just, re- I, I want that for most 90s sitcoms. As days go back. <laughs> step by step. Day by day. Day by day. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so yeah, that, that I think that leads perfectly into our next segment of the show. Recast and remakes. Recast remake. If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Uh, I just want a dark and greedy homeward bound. Uh, <laughs> just bound. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris Rock is going to adapt that to its own. Yes. To be part of the, the chapter. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I would love to see what they could do with a homeward bound movie. Um, but they do it like a, the hardcore Henry movie where it's 100% from the dog's perspective. Oh, the, wow. Because and, hardcore Henry wasn't disorienting enough. We <laughs> right. got to make it from an animal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, black so. and white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like muted color and just all these yeah, other yeah. things. Uh, it's just muffled sound. Like, it's uh, I don't know if you ever saw that random. There's one episode of Rugrats where the whole episode is from Spike's perspective, uh-huh. and it's all just gobbledygook except for certain words. And so it's just like, I'm a of Spike. What am I doing? Sit. So like, Spike only understood certain words. Uh, and so, so you want that episode to be three times as long? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Stretch it out. Yeah, but also do it like vantage point from each of the three. <laughs> 
Those are yes. separate and come together. Absolutely. So it's that Rugrats episode mixed with Vantage Point, mixed with Rat Race. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You really got something there. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, circle with the C. Got it. Mm-hmm. I um, For my recasting, I did not remember what I did last time. So maybe I'm doubling up. But if so, I stick with it. That shadow should be Brian Cranston. Um, he's just perfect for it. I'm the one who barks. He's yeah. good at telling people when they're wrong, but also good at motivating them. Um, and for Chance, uh, Jake Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then for Sassy, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, yeah. I think it'd be it'd be a much different vibe, but I think it's it would be needed for a remake recast, and she would be fantastic. Um, but I also feel like if you're doing a remake or continuing on with this story, that it should be a Christmas special and Absolutely. continue on from the storyline that was set up in this movie where Chance and Delilah have uh, a puppy or a couple of puppies, but when the family goes on a European vacation, they accidentally leave the puppies behind, and Chance and Delilah have to get back and find their way homeward alone. <laughs> I like it. I, yeah. I I think what they should do is, because I, I am all for, um, as we spoke uh, previously in the podcast for just merging universes so mm-hmm. i would love for them to basically have like a canonically bring in the air bud air buddies universe into the homeward bound world and and call it home buddies um <laughs> uh we're basically uh it's homeward bound. It, it, it's a lot of what you just pitched, but it. Mm-hmm. But then they just expand the series into different things. So it's like um, Home Buddies Two: Lost in New York, where it's just Home Alone, except with dogs. <laughs> um, and so the puppies are the ones who are lost in New York, and you have the everyone else. It's kind of like that premise of uh take any movie and replace the entire cast except for one actor with Muppets. Um I would love to do that, but with the um Airbud or Homer Bound cast. Yeah. Replace yeah, everyone yeah. with the puppies or the trio and Airbud. I dig that. Yeah. That would definitely work. Like I think we need a a an Airbud Avengers esque universe because like just officially, like yeah, they're like, oh, Air Buddies or Air Bud Entertainment presents this. I need all of the animals to come together for like, um, ho- like it's just called Homeward, uh, and it's like the final journey or something like that. Yeah, I like that. So you'd have like Tony Bark and uh, yeah, I guess the Captain America would be like a golden retriever fighting. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a German Shepherd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He has the disc that always comes back. Yeah, it's a frisbee. <laughs> oh man, what are we doing? Circle with the sea yeah. on someone else's intellectual property. Uh, yeah, just wait for that copyright to expire and pounce on it. Literally pounce. Uh, great. I I'm yeah, we very fight happy. crossbones. Yeah, cross. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. That's the, <laughs> that's the end. Yep. Um, Peter Barker. There it is. And we're yeah. back in. <laughs> Cat Nick Furry. W- widow. Oh, no. Nick Furry is better. <laughs> yeah. 
and he would still lose his eye yeah. the same way. Yeah. yeah. I love it. All right. Now we're going to go to our final segment of the show where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend Homeward Bound uh, Roman numeral to colon Lost in San Francisco? So I'd recommend this movie because it is, I mean, it's a hard G. Uh, <laughs> it is. A completely family-friendly story. <laughs> like, it is just super G-rated. Um, it's the like, only it's thing super it, wholesome. Yeah, like, unbelievably wholesome. Like, there should be an extra warning at the beginning about how accessible this movie is to all ages. So, you know, think twice if you really want to expose them to that kind of wholesomeness um there are some dramatic moments you know some some life or death scenes but uh as far as you know dialogue and all that it's a very family-friendly story the edgiest joke is when chance says that he's into leather when he chews on a baseball uh i think that's really the only thing that stuck out um and uh, just like in the first one, the animal training and the way that they were able to cut this to make sure that the animals uh, were safe, um, but also that it's an exciting film. I, I'm totally on board for the way that these movies are done. Um, and it let, like Sassy walking cross-legged when she's dizzy, like the way that they're able to manufacture that in a way and not have to rely on CG, they just don't make movies like this anymore because it does take the extra effort to do this safely for the animals right and um and the fact that they had even more uh of an animal performance cast even larger cast um it's just even more impressive um so it's uh like i said they don't make them like this anymore they really don't and it's the most natural way to do an animal movie in my opinion they're not messing with lip syncing. If anything, they're just using the natural movement of breathing and licking and reactions from the animals to other stimuli to make us read into the performances of the animals. And so um, relying on the VO just for thoughts, not doing like a peanut butter gag or CG mouth or anything like that, I really respect it. And it, I feel like it puts... The animals themselves in the spotlight and allows us to just focus on the story and focus on the relationships and trust the voice acting, which is I think it's crucial that they got this cast um, because it it really powerhouses in performance vocally um, to, to carry the story all the way through. So it really is a time capsule of animal movies pet movies and it was a pleasure just it's what i loved about the first one that it felt really natural um same thing for this second one so i recommend it the story is is a a journey road movie story essentially yeah a journey and um it ultimately though is just a really solid performance piece from the the voice actors and the animal performers. Um, so if you want just like the most wholesome animal movie you can find, Homeward Bound is going to be your wheelhouse. So that's why I recommend 
Homeward Bound, Roman numeral 2, colon, Lost in San Francisco. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think Homeward Bound 2 um, is, it's it's a fun, it's a fun movie. I, and, and you brought up some really great points. It does remind you, like, how incredible these animal actors were. Um, especially like the stunts that you get them to do. Cause I'm just like, wait a second. Cause when they, uh, the animals are like play, I guess fighting each other. I'm like, how do mm. they get these animals to do this on command? Like, that's impressive. Like they look like they are attacking one another. Most of IMDB on the trivia point just has like paragraphs of how, they got these animals to do these different scenes. Like, so when Delilah was, um, like, you know, loving on chance, um, they talked about how, like, uh, this dog was trained to be, um, just rollover and submissive. And in order to get, um, uh, Delilah to like kiss him, they just covered <laughs> chance and applesauce basically. Uh, <laughs> Whatever happened to the way things used to be? Uh, and so uh, it, it's really fun to like see like, wow, like this was, like you said, kind of like a lost art form um, where now they'll just like, yeah, we'll just make animals do whatever we want. Um, you know, not to say that it's not amazing that they, we can just computer generate Andy Circus, an animal doing whatever we want, but just to yeah. really appreciate how... Before we had that technology, we would just train animals to do all of these amazing things. And so, um, like Grayson said, it's a hard G. Uh, so <laughs> if you're looking for something lighthearted uh, and fun for the whole family, I definitely uh, recommend Homeward Bound to Colin Lost in San Francisco because they might be lost in San Francisco, but this movie will find a home in your heart. Probably made the same joke last time. Who knows? <laughs> what I find, two. well, just to you said, yeah, it's amazing that we can do the the CG. It's a different kind of amazing. What's amazing to me is that this movie was only two years before Doctor Doolittle, so we're yeah. right at that break of doing it the old school way and mm -hmm. really just transitioning into the live CG. Right. Sonic the Hedgehog world. So, <laughs> right. why couldn't they get an actual hedgehog? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm listening to any reason you just yelled. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it came out months before Space Jam, so who can blame them? Oh, just, who can blame them? <laughs> yeah, they didn't know. And that is our review of the 1996 movie sequel. Homeward Bound 2, colon, Lost in San Francisco. Let us know what you remember about Homeward Bound on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And uh, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just recently found out, Grayson, that we are mm -hmm. also on Google Podcasts. Get out. Yeah. So huh. if you listen to us there, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, just wherever you are currently listening to us, uh, we're watching you. No, um, we're listening to you. That's more appropriate. No, <laughs> leave us a rating uh, on a scale of one to five. Um, I, I'd say uh, dog-eaten pizza. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, he was so happy. He was. Uh, or, or on a scale of one to five San Francisco's. I mean, one has a to be a lot of bridges. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bridge all of them together to give it a five-star um, rating. There you go. And we will be concluding this edition of Sequelary next time. So be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With The Invisible Man making its way to theaters, we are going to round out sequelary with a review of Fantastic Four colon Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, uh, because of The Invisible Woman. Oh, she's in that? Oh, no. I just wanted to review uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Oh, because mirror he kind of like has silver like mirrors and he can't ever look at himself because he's just constantly reflecting other things. This is going to be a complicated episode. Your thing made more sense. So let's do that.